So, hello, uh, welcome to the show. I'm Michelle uh, Price um, and I work for Spiritual Events uh, Directory. So I work with their magazine and we're also doing this awesome video series. So my guest for today is Jason Reynolds, welcome. Thanks, Michelle, thanks for having me. Really looking forward to uh, sharing this with you. Oh my gosh, so excited to talk to you. Um, you're a busy guy. I've been looking at around at some of the things you've been doing, some of the people you've been talking to. Um, so exciting. Can you just maybe, for our listener and viewers, um, just let us know some of the things that you're about. You know, what, what's Jason Reynolds in a nutshell? Um, I'm a father. Uh, I have one son. I'm someone who, um, I suppose, looks at life from a state of, it's of my own creation. I, I believe that what we are here to do is something that's unknown within each of us. And my, my focus is to provide a platform where people can have the capacity to be able to explore that uh, independently without being caught up in what's happened in the past, what's right or wrong, or getting caught up in any other form of philosophy of life that doesn't align with their own truth, as inconvenient as that may be. So for me, it's been very much about growing a, a space where people can start to discover themselves in a very unique way. Mm, love it. Now, quantum movement is something that is uh, deep in your heart, I'm sure. Um, so if you could explain for our viewers, what is quantum movement um, in sort of simple terms? Well, the word itself and the name itself comes from quantum being a part of the whole and movement being the basis of life. So for me, it's about an individual's expression into a place that is generally confused and misunderstood and allowing them to find their own significance in such a way where they can start to question the very nature of things that they've been presented to um, put themselves on their own platform to provide themselves and be the center of their own attention so they can see the fullness of their life their capacities and start to create something in their life that is unique not something that necessarily is accepted, but something that is innovative, creative, and is of their own being. It, it's not about, um, I suppose, for me, coming together as a community and coming together and being the same. It's about first finding your own individual independence and being able to be courageous enough to, to expose that in the face of opposition, judgments, and the differences of life and the way that people tend to see things is allowing you to find that attention, that love, in the acceptance of your own difference. Mm. You mentioned independence, and that's something that I've, because I've been listening to some of the uh, the other podcasts and other conversations you've been having with different people. Um, and for me, independence um, is about kind of being able to stand alone, you know, rely on myself, that sort of thing. But you actually take that a fair bit further in some of the conversations I've been watching with you. Um, and I'm, I'm finding that really interesting because I think we can rediscover that during our life you know that independence and what makes us tick i think sometimes it changes you know as you sort of learn different things and take that on board is that something that you would agree with and, and i know that you kind of want you can probably expand on that a bit more yeah i think look independence for me is something that is that is quite unique we're, we're inspired by people who are independent and who buck the trend or do things that are unexpected but when it comes to our own life, we tend to be more about safety and security and fitting in. So for me, you know, independence, it stems from, you know, throughout our own life, 
Uh, we're, we're educated on other people's opinions, other people's ideas, and we're taken on this influx of information and, and one would even say indoctrinated into the way that things were or are from a, from a very limited amount of time and a limited perspective of what we're able to really look into from a whole range of aspects of life from different perspectives or angles. We tend to find in our own life things that support us rather than challenge us. So for me, education um, should be about an individual being able to do what they're being shown independently, that they're not reliant upon any system or any structure to discover their own truth. So if for me, education too often is about getting someone to agree or believe in the same way that you do. It's um, very much to understand that no matter how noble or authentic or meritorious someone may be, mm. is they have their own agenda and it's not good or bad, it's about them seeing things in our own particular way. And it's for us to be able to discover that the enormity of information that is available to us is not intelligent. It's information that other people provide. So it's our ability, in order to make that intelligent, we have to see the relevance in that information and how we can utilize that for our own uprising, for our own expression, for our own expansion. So for me, you know, one of the most important things about independence is about an individual being able to find within themselves not just occasionally, not just when it's convenient, not when just the moment is right, but in the most arduous and challenging of situations of life, that they can connect to something deep within themselves. And that connection can be maintained throughout whatever is occurring in the environment around them. It's, it's to suggest that we create the environment. We're not a product of the environment, which is what, you know, aspects of modern psychology has had us believe, that we're impacted and affected by our parents, our upbringing, and the environment in which that is. I mean, it definitely has an impact, but we have choices on how we can contrast that and how we can bring our own self forward. But it requires a deep connection with what I would call the what inside of us, not, not our soul or our spirit. These are things that have so much charge and so much energy in these words. And for many of us, we don't truly understand them except for, uh, you know, I suppose a a bit by bit elevation of what we think that word means. And for many of us, we can be you know, left in a, in a state of ignorance because we believe something to be what it is without truly understanding our relationship to it. So for me, our ability to be able to define and recognize what it is that really exists inside of us first comes with that connection, but it is developed from a state of independence through something called discernment, which is the ability to listen to that information and feel and decide from a refined capacity of utilizing our faculties of intuition and, and imagination, uh, the noble senses is what I would call them, in such a way that allows us to find our own freedom of expression and our own freedom uh, of life. It's, um, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of confusions in, in my eyes that, that exist around this because we're here, um, people wanting to elevate their intuition or wanting to discover their own intuitive capabilities. Intuition is nothing different than the senses that we have in the physical realm of, you know, taste, touch, sight, hearing, and smell. It's intuition is simply an ability to focus our attention towards an energetic structure and to be able to take on information from it. The problem is with intuition, most of the time it's directed externally. And that experience is what a lot of people talk about in my eyes is the ego. But it's that capacity to turn that very powerful capacity that we have inherently within us upon our own self. 
to see everything from the glory of what we are to the sinister natures of what we've picked up and taken on in life. So it's our ability to not just see that, but be able to discern that and be able to do so in such a way that is not inhibited, restricted or censored by what we've been told and what we've taken on within the mind. So, I mean, independence, it is the same. We could speak a lot further into this, but I would suggest in in life that if, if we knew how to love ourselves and we knew how to, what I would say in love is to bring attention to yourself without reason. If we could do that for our own self, we wouldn't need or require or expect someone else to do that for us. We would be able to be full in our own capacity. And, and it's, it's a journey. It's not something, a destination that we get to. But we would then be able to appreciate others in the same way and recognising the journey we've had to go to to get to that place, to, to not look to a government, to not look to a corporation or anyone else that we're opposing to provide something for us and then complain when, one, when what they deliver is not exactly of our own choosing. So a lot of this sort of leads towards in our own independence, coming back to what do I want? What, what am I here for? What, 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 do I, what am I here to experience? And, and the more defined I can become in that, the more clear I'm able to make decisions, which is releasing and letting go of those things that seem appealing, but do not serve me. And, you know, that's a challenging thing for all of us in, in the making of a decision is, is just that, to make a decision because it's not about moving towards something. It's, it's equally and probably more so about leaving behind the things that were not treacherous or problematic in our life, but leaving behind the things that are extremely valuable. You know, and it could be as much as a partner, a family member, an environment, or, or something that's been with us for a long period of time. It's, it's our ability to make decisions from such a discerning space that we can step out and we can bear witness to the opposition that we will face. Because for all of us, you know, to be ourselves is is not a difficult thing, but we complicate it so much because we're so focused upon using our intuition to consider what someone else might think of us in the future by the actions that we're about to take or considering taking. And we're precise, you know, and that's something that we should all recognise of how clearly aware we are of the future if, and the reactions of all of those around us, that if we were to take an action, that becomes to us immediately. But if we could use that same capacity to discover within our own selves on how we could move forward towards what we wanted, recognizing we're not gonna make every single person happy. And that's where we become confused. We can become sad and full of grief because we hold on to a whole range of other people's energies rather than discovering our own and providing an example for others to find freedom that others can do the same with as well. We're, we're not there, I don't believe, to hate. I don't believe we're there to judge. We're there to understand our own self. And sometimes that's in the contrast and reflection of the people around us. But it all comes back to an independence, not any one trick or process. Independence is about understanding how to actually move through. It's the how to, like at any particular moment in our life where we feel inspired and we have a great idea, it sounds amazing. But then it comes down to, well, how am I gonna do that? And this is, to me, the very nature of life is, how do I do myself? How do I process that information? How do I see this in a different way? How do I move into a place that is of great benefit and elevation for me, rather than needing to be required or surrogate to some sort of ideal, some sort of coach or some sort of mentor or guide in direction of me, rather than being able to accept my own significance that it's coming through me. How much, um, we're talking about 
people and we we all know someone who um you know is in the blame game does that you know everything's someone else's fault my life you know never works out da 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 what's the first step though like because people like you you've done a lot of work you know a lot of work on yourself for someone who's watching this and saying like i like they can kind of hear it but they're like i kind of don't know how to stop yeah because it's it's a habit um it's probably addictive um it's what you've always done how do you kind of break that how do you break that yeah yeah it's a look i fell into this trap myself of where I was looking for some magic pill, let's say, of something that I was missing or not seeing that because it would get me past this pain or this misunderstanding or confusion that I was experiencing. So I went looking for this, you know, the most powerful, the, the strongest, the most complicated practice that was hidden somewhere in life. And I found things for sure, and I, and I would suggest they're powerful, but what, what the issue is that I found is we first need to come to a point of looking at our own daily nature of what allows us to, to work at a physical level is we need to purge each and every day. If we don't purge our bodies at a physical level, we become very close to death in, in, in a very short space of time. We need to let go of those things that we were, were uh, taking in and ingesting it as a nutrient, but there's also the part that is not us. So we, we've had a, a focus upon doing the right thing by other people, making sure everyone else has what they need. And the first part of this is being able to bring attention to ourselves in an uncompromised way, where we can bring attention in, in, to such a point where we are able to let go of those things that were distracting us from doing that in the first place. For me, the purging starts with, with simple practices. I mean, we, we've got a, a program called Becoming Your Authority, which is a very deep and intensive program in going to the depths of energy, beliefs and habits and understanding the ego and, and a whole range of things that work around that. But the very nature of it is we first need to detoxify. We first need to release and have patience in our own life to get through that part first, rather than wanting to race to that one point where I've got it and everything's back to feeling good again. Because we're going to go up and down no matter what happens in life, but we've got to to, to avoid that, we need to release all of the energies that we've taken on from other people. All the times we wanted to help someone ahead of our own self, all the beliefs that we've taken on from our own living that we haven't been able to discern and reject because we haven't at that particular point learned to understand ourselves. So that the first part before we go into deep point parts of learning starts with an element of purging. And there's many ways to do that. Uh, I believe, you know, um, there's certain practices around a, a pen and paper that are extremely powerful. And there's, a, there's an example of that, that you get a pen and paper and you start writing, you can't think at the same time, so you disengage the mind, but you have a singular point of focus. And when we can start to build on, the, on that in very refined ways, we can have a very simple experience where we start to feel like we've got more time. Like we put time into something and we make that time, suddenly we realize we've got more time. But when we continue to keep being busy and we keep complaining about we're not having enough time, we are feeding into that same narrative rather than coming back to saying, you know what, if this is important to me, I'll put time into it, I'll understand it to such a degree that I will then focus upon it. And when I do it, that's what becomes important to me, those distractions that I was getting caught up in. And I know this from a parent that at times you want to just jump in and help your child. It's like they're suffering. But, you know, that type of thing builds this relationship of dependency. 
But at that time, to be able to step back and learn in your own space, but also provide that to your child to believe in them. Because we do things for people, what we consider to be kind. But in real truth, what we're saying is we don't believe that that person's capable of doing that themselves. And what we end up doing is taking on their burdens and trying to fix it for them, which doesn't allow them to recognize as a trust this person has in me that they believe that I can do this. But that's only going to be coming through an individual who believes in themselves in the first place. So it starts with the most simple of practices. And I suppose that's for what we look at with a quantum movement is things that are repeatable, things that are simple, but also are confronting. And they're confronting because they are repeatable, because they are simple, because they're not complex mixes of all different philosophies and ideas coming into a space. It's about a simple practice of understanding yourself and doing that consistently and regularly. But it means letting go. It means releasing. It means coming into this moment and not the consideration of the future or the worry of the past. It is about being able to first release so we can see exactly what's there. We've got to get rid of that, that first element of, of what we think and what's causing us to think because it, to me, the, the thinking is just the avoidance of taking action. I mean, the, the person who understands what they're wanting to create, they are taking action. They, they've taken the time to consider what would I like to do? How would I do that? What would be the, con the, the, the consequences of that? Am I able to deal with that? And if I take the time to ask those questions of myself, I'm aware that when I step out onto my own stage of life, yeah, I'm going to be challenged, but I'm ready for that rather than expecting, okay, I'm going to, I've got this great idea. I'm going to move forward with it. Oh, no one likes it. No one's jumping up and, and celebrating me at the first moment that I do this. It's the same as, you know, we go to the gym or those who do go to the gym, you know, you don't go there and get a six pack on the first meeting. You, you, it takes time and you allow yourself to become present to that, that um, level of development and, and that level of reward over a period of time. So they, these are the types of things for me. It's a starting point is about purging. It's about releasing and it's about letting go. And it's about releasing a lot of the guilt and shame that we are taking on that causes us to hide ourselves, to cause us to minimize what we really are rather than putting attention on seeing, yeah, I've made some mistakes. I've done some things that didn't work out, but that's not who I am. That's who I was. And I'm not going to keep repeating that cycle by continuing to do the same thing and complain against what life has presented to me so far. Jason, I think something that um, sort of ties in really well with what we're talking about today and in terms of having to, I guess, you know, purge um, and deal with things that are a bit uncomfortable, um, I think COVID-19, you know, that pandemic has been something that has been really awesome for some people and they've seen it as a real positive and other people have just been like really down in the dumps about it. Um, and I've been sort of struggling because it's been great for me, but and I have people sort of saying to me, oh, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And it's kind of hard, you know, I think there's a lot of um, really extreme polarities where people have a very, you know, extreme one way, really extreme the other way. And it's been difficult for me to find that balance and also to know whether to reflect back to them the way it's been for me or whether I just sort of sit back and listen, you know, and, and am I an enabler, you know, am I enabling that belief in them by just sitting back. Um, and something that you talk about is personal governance. And I think that sort of fits into, you know, what we're, we're talking about here today. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just ask you to speak a little bit more kind of to that. Yeah. yeah um, 
Yeah, I'd say that the whole experience that's happened, and I suppose it's been given a name and different names by others from supportive and scientific to, um, you know, downright dismissive of it. But, but the very nature and the irony of it is it brought people together in, a, in an unexpected way doing the same thing, possibly the first time ever in, in this realm that we live in, where everyone was stopping and they were considering things and there was a singular focus. And um, I believe that this has been one of the greatest times, but it, it just highlights what we have available to us all the time. And for many people realizing that they don't need to be that busy, that what are the priorities that exist in their life? What are the things that they really want to do? And how do they want to do that? What are they creating? And these are the options that are available. And it's really highlighted those that are you know, determining to ask questions and, and to expose themselves further. That there's been a great time. But for those that are, I suppose, and, and there's been a big shift, I would suggest as well, for people that were getting told and, and seeking their information from others, have started to question that. And they've started to look beyond that. And to me, there's a great opposition that exists in the right and the wrong. You know, like what they are saying, what these guys are saying, and, and people pointing fingers at, at each side that you don't know what you're talking about. That's wrong. That's a conspiracy. This is science. And each side of the equation using it in that particular way. Now, these are all the distractions of getting past the need to be righteous, but starting to see what it is that I am here to create. Because to be truly creative and to bring something to life out of nothing is the most confronting thing for all of us. I, I, I use this analogy of if we were walking down you know, a library and there were books from floor to ceiling and that's all we could see and it was a long hallway and at the end there was a, there was a light. Now, these books, imagine them representing every experience of your life, the, every little feeling you had, every you know, gratitude and, and challenge and everything there that made you up. And, they're familiar to and the, the relationships that come with that and we become you know adored in that space but we can also become rejected but as we are not happy or dissatisfied in some way we want to move beyond it and as we start moving towards this light at the end of this hallway we get to a point where there is nothing that's standing in front of us where there is just open white space and to me, that is the most confronting thing that people will face in their life because they want things, but their actions are very different. When that space is provided to me, if I just had this, I would then receive this. And this becomes the, the challenge that we are most confronted by, by space. Mm -hmm. And it, it's the fears of our own life that you know, are determined by the unknown of the space that exists in front of us. What, what if? What about? And we start to consider all these things that we think about rather than being able to step into a space that I want because I've got something to create. And that's a real challenge for all of us because, and this is why I'd suggest, you know, large organizations and large centralizations of power exist is because people don't own that space themselves. And, you know, personal governance is something that, that we use and have coined as a, as a term very much about an individual first understanding that the capacities that they have, that they have created everything that they have. And if they can recognize that, they also can recognize they can change that. But the challenge for some of us is to accept the responsibility or possibly even blame that might come with that particular scenario. You know, that, that I'm at fault. And, and that's part of the confusion about responsibility is 
To me, responsibility is the capacity that we have in our own self to create, to do something different. We take responsibility when we believe we can change something. And that's the, you know, the very nature of life. We can't deny change, but we complain when life is changing around us and we refuse to. Wherever we become stuck and rigid in our own space at any particular point, no matter how righteous we are, we are going to be confronted with challenge. We're going to be confronted with a state of resistance or discord within our own self. The issue is with this space that we have in front of us and, and to have personal governance is to be able to choose how I want to create that how I want to step into it, what it looks like for me. And at that particular point, you can only have love. You can only have a, a level of awareness and presence to yourself because it is one of the most difficult things to do, to bring attention to ourselves consistently in amongst all the distractions and expectations of life around us. Mm. So, you know, personal governance is about being able to step into the space that's available that we, that we wish and we want, to, but for many of us, we wish and want so much and we manifest it, but then we reject it and push it away for the fear of losing it. Rather than, you know, you might see in life and people might relate to this, that many of us have experiences in relationships that we, you know, we might believe in some way that we're lucky or blessed to be with a particular partner that we might not be deserving of that space. And for over time, we, we come to not enjoy, or we feel guilty about being in that space, but we hold on because we don't believe we can get any better. And the problem is within that is that we can't look at the example of what we've already created to suggest the only thing that I can see is what I've created now that I can move beyond that. But if we hold on to that, if we restrict its movement, it becomes stale, it becomes toxic, and it becomes the very thing we hate, ironically, being, first of all, that which we wanted. So for many of us, it's, you know, there's aspects of what are we looking to move towards? Are we looking to move towards just a momentary feeling of peace and serenity or do we believe that we could have that all of the time but recognizing that that peace and serenity is not just about this consistency of bliss it's about you know for example in happiness it's the removal of what makes you sad it's the understanding of what makes you sad and taking a different perspective upon it which allows you to release it, it it's in all of our understandings that we have that we let go of the pain the judgment it's when we don't understand it that we continue to hold strong and be determined that it won't change because we're not prepared to. We don't want to step into that space. And that's why I believe in, in true respect of our own capacity and capability, we don't learn a weekend course. We, we don't read a book to get to that particular point and put pressure on ourselves to be able to do that. This is a journey where we start to change the habits that are not bad in any way, but habits that we can start to define and choose that support us of our own choosing and making. But for many of us, we have to get past what we've been told that we're maybe not as capable of what we think, that it's not possible. Son, you can't do that. No, that won't work for you. That's the way it's always been. And that these, these are just some of the hurdles that allow us to become fit for our own purpose as we learn how to overcome them. Or we can just choose to stay in a state of blame and opposition to what we don't like, hoping somehow in a magical way that everything will just turn up for us. And look, just to clarify that, I truly believe in the absolute power of manifestation. We see it in our lives every day. Our powers of manifestation are exactly what we're experiencing right now. To just say that I want something for a period of time doesn't change that. We have to be prepared to move into that space and create something through that in order to move beyond it. 
But if we just get to a destination and stop, the thing around us starts to morph and change because we're no longer providing a direction. We're no longer providing any inspiration into it. We, we believe we've got to a point where now we don't need to do any more work. We don't need to provide anymore. We don't need to contribute, which is, you know, in its own form, it's, it's a form of death and, uh, you know, the undoing of the very nature of what we are to, to create and to be completely independent in our own way in order to come together. And that's probably for me just goes back to the idea of when I don't require love from someone else, I can truly love someone for who they are. When I don't expect them to be different in order to supply something for me that I have complete responsibility for myself, I can allow them to live themselves. And if you can imagine a community that's focused upon doing what they love because they understand themselves rather than doing it for a return or a, a reward and looking at the pros and cons list, trying to control the future, we can start to find people that can become innovative and move into a state of flow where they bring people into their life that are there to support it, which might be very much strangers in their life, not the people that they are endeared to and want to drag along with them where they are demonstrating they don't want to be a part of it. But we continue to keep trying to force our partner or our friend into this new way of life that they are not ready, do not want to experience in the same way that we do. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love what you said about um, space there. Uh, Jason, that was really profound. And it made me think about, uh, you know, those silent retreats that you can go on and they can be really confronting, especially for someone like me who has made a living out of speaking. Uh, and I was always the chatterbox yeah. at school um, and learning how to be quiet because I didn't realize I was always trying to fill the space whenever someone was, there was silence, you know, I'd be saying something, you know, and, to go on a silence retreat, uh, silent retreat, it's uh, really confronting. And you realise kind of, I talk to people a lot about, you know, thoughts, words and actions and how important that is. And when you go on something where you're not speaking, you really only have your thoughts then. That's kind of all that's left. So when you start to really look at that, um, it's interesting. You realize how many negative thoughts sometimes, um, how you talk yourself out of things, you know, all of that stuff becomes apparent when you take away one of your senses. And that was when you were speaking about space. You know, that's how that spoke to me. So thank you. Um, Cause it's, it's really powerful. That's a pleasure. Powerful. Yeah. We want to be in. Yeah. And it's ironic in, in its own way. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's what we think we want but then as soon as we've got that space we want everyone to be there it's, yeah. it's not raining it's pouring it's you yeah. know we, we want that um that thing but it's yeah getting that understanding of first being prepared for, for what we want to create yeah absolutely um now something that i'm really passionate about myself and that i've seen from some of your conversations with other people as well you're very passionate about and that's health uh, and so a lot of what we've been talking about, you know, blaming all of those behaviors, are they good for our health or are they not? Um, and this is something pain um, as well that, you know, you talk about a bit. So I guess what I'm interested in is because sometimes people can really identify with their pain. Um, and if it's chronic pain, you know, it, it's tough. Uh, I don't experience that. So it's hard for me to sort of put myself in that position. Um, but it does become something that sometimes you, you identify with. Um, and it's really hard to kind of break that cycle. Um, and I just really wanted you to speak to that because mm. I think that that's what a lot of people are going through and experiencing who are watching this. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm just away at the moment and there's a couple of people here with me that are experiencing, you know, some, you know, enduring pain in their back and in different parts of their body. And it's something that um, I always observe and have a discussion with them and, and, and suggest, okay, well, why and how and, and would you, do you want to get rid of it? Yeah, absolutely I do. Like I'd do anything to get rid of it. And I always offer to say, well, I can show you something tomorrow if you want to do it. You just let me know. And I would say it's a very rare occurrence that someone actually comes and says, hey, you know what you're saying to me? Can you please show me? Because one of the things I'm suggesting is it's going to be confronting for you to, to deal with this. Because what I understand about pain at a deeper level is that it is just ignored information. It is something that is misunderstood within our own self that we're holding on to. And when we, that's something expressed in life, it's a part of our inner self trying to communicate with us something where we're not seeing it as a way that it supports us. Because I believe everything and look at everything in a way that it exists to support us. That there's no reason that things exist to not support us. Mm. And that support might not come in the way of uplifting us, but in, in order to send us in a different direction, because I don't like that thing, it's supporting me to find more of my own self. It's a... When something like, a, let's say an, a person like a Bill Gates or a Donald Trump, that these people have become very clear on what their life is about, what their agenda is and what they want to create. And therefore, they polarize people. And I don't believe because of their opinions. They polarize people because of the way that they have come to govern themselves. They are not trying to and, and possibly not caring at a surface level. I'm sure it would affect them internally, but have developed such a way that they recognize they are by their own position and space and power that they are, they are dictating in their own life and to those around us. They are themselves. And that is challenging for us to see in other people when someone actually has that within themselves. But we get caught up in blaming and judging them on a personal level rather than looking at the example they're providing. Now, when it comes to pain, many of us have been caught up in this idea that if I, I just want to get rid of it, I just want to get rid of it, I don't want to have to deal with it. You know, like, can't you just do something? Can't you just push this and make it happen? Now, the very nature of pain exists to such a degree in order for us to change the habits so that we don't experience it again. There is a design, a dynamic far beyond what we're allowing for ourselves to fall into. What we are looking at is, well, this is just a thing. It's interrupting me and I'm just going to keep heading on my path and I'm going to push and push and push. That pain, yeah, I've got rid of it. I'm going to go back and do the same things I've been doing and that pain's back again. So, Pain will come in, in varying degrees. Now, there's no difference, and, and for some this may be confronting, to the pain that we experience in our, in our finger from a cut to what we do from a, from a terminal diagnosis. It is a level of ignorance that we have placed upon ourselves to ignore that, to push away from the size of what we're here to create. You know, when we've got something significant that wants to come through us, we, we are a vehicle and a vessel of expression. Our physical being is here to express the energetic. And if the energetic's not understood, we'll be in continual opposition and we'll find our body contorting in ways, pained in ways, and we'll have these diseases and conditions which have new names, new variations every single year because we believe that they're all a generalized synopsis where the truth is we're individual. There is no one cancer. There is no one leukemia. There is no one anything. Everyone's got a different version of it and a different manifestation of it who you know, is unblessed enough to, to experience that. But it's the people who choose to stop at those moments and listen to themselves 
and change the way that their life is and to come to a place where they become empowered to move in a different direction that overcome these illnesses in such a way where they are just the strengthening of their own being, where they are the, the ignorance that they've placed upon themselves for such a long period of time in focusing upon what other people need. And I have no doubt that, that any, and this is from my observation, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a doctor or I can cure anyone. What I'm suggesting is that people don't need a cure. People are confronted by a condition or a disease in their life because they don't understand how to communicate and unravel that in such a way to provide momentum forward. And there is no disease or condition in my eyes that has dominion over any individual, unless we believe it to be, unless we are foregoing our capacity to move past that by having someone else tell us what the story is. And it is just a story. And that story predicates more of our own story if we don't want to change it. So pain, and, and I know this is, this is a, something I could go much deeper into, but, but it's something that very much triggers and confronts people because of what they've experienced in their own life. And what, what I suggest that we do is it's, we, we teach a place of personal governance, which is not for everyone, because it requires us to get past the blame, but to start to understand and to have capacities on how to do that in our own way, not, not in any predetermined functional method, but it's about developing that ourselves. So pain will continue to prevail. And we can take things like a pill, we can take things like a, um, a form of diet or, or eating, or we can go and get a diagnosis from, you know, whether they're a, a, a mainstream medical doctor, whether they're a Western or Eastern medicine uh, professional, they are all there bringing us to a little bit more of our own attention, but it is never going to be released or let go of in our own life until we understand it. Because the irony is that pain is the very information we're seeking, but as we're so dogged in our direction and avoiding the pain and the, the information it's bringing to us because we have lost or chosen to not buy into the capacity to be able to interpret that, we then continue to keep moving past the very thing we're seeking. Pain is, you know, is, is just a word that has been created to bring this idea of what is happening to me is bad. What is happening to me is something that I didn't actually see. It's outside of my vision at this particular point. It's an alarm system going off to say, hey, look over here. But that requires us. And I'd say, it's Michelle, it's, it's like beliefs that we have like, and the, the concept of beliefs. And there's a lot of ideas that I'm gonna, you can clear a belief. We don't go looking for our beliefs. We don't go deep into the very depths of our own darkness because we're not comfortable and confident enough to be able to deal with what we'll find. We don't need to learn the practice of getting rid of clearing beliefs or understanding these pains. We first need to understand how to communicate with ourselves. And once we can do that, because that's inherent within each of us, that the pain for me, most of all, is about the pushing away of what we are. But I would say this, that there's this concept of connection, you know, that, that I need to become connected to myself, to, to maybe a soul, or I mentioned this before, a spirit, a, a higher self, a Brahman, or what, whatever anyone wants to identify their, their own aspect of that connection with. And it's perceived to be something profound, it's perceived to be something that's very powerful and strong, but, but the truth is that when we connect to our own truth, not anyone else's truth, but to our own truth, beyond any ideology, but to our own truth, we are in the most vulnerable position that we'll find ourselves. 
we are completely exposed and we are in the holding of our own hands. Mm. And it's that particular capacity where people go into this space and can be confronted by dark and you know, ideas and, and the ego because they want to know, because they want to be able to tell everyone else. Whereas the nature of to discover what's within ourselves, we don't need to tell anyone. We don't need to share that with anyone. As soon as we label it, it becomes different. The very nature of our own discovery is for our own discovery, for us to be able to integrate that within us so that it just becomes the nature of our own expression and we start to find in people a presence. Well, they're a really nice person. There's something about that person. Geez, they're very motivated. They're, they're, they're very enthusiastic. It's an allowance of that particular thing that we're learning to become integrated through us. And these types of things with connection and spiritual and new age movements, you know, can become very uh, counteractive because it teaches people maybe a process of a deep meditation to find a space. But the fact when that can't be maintained and repeated consistently, they then go and look for something else or they find through that depth that a great amount of pain is brought up from within them, uh, the things they've been avoiding. But if they don't understand how to move through that, this is where it can start to become dangerous. And this is where the, the practices that, that are well-intended can become lost. So this is, you know, for me, again, coming back to personal governance, to first understand ourselves before we start diving off into deep, profound practices, we need to be able to develop at a, at a very, a level of mastery, I believe, uh, you know, and I'd look, I coined this with the idea of martial arts, that people go into martial arts and they want to become a black belt. But when you go into martial arts, you soon find that when you get to be a black belt, you've only just begun. And it's that type of, you know, two to three year process in martial arts that allows someone to really discover and really start their journey into that space. But for many of us, we want to just get to the black belt and we don't allow ourselves to go beyond that. So we're so caught up within our own pains in just fixing the pain. I talk about a pain and relief cycle. You know, we get into pain, we then get to a stage of relief, and then we stop doing those things that created us to have that relief, and we go back to pain again. Because like the space, it's a space beyond relief where prosperity exists, that we don't stop until we're in a state of prosperity. We don't just stop when we first start to get a bit of relief. Because then we're only going to deflate back down into that same pain again. And the sad thing is here is because people are so present to it and because in pain people bring themselves so much attention, it becomes a form of love. You know, they, they go back into pain unconsciously without even recognising and start worrying and fearful, I'm going to lose everything. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to happen again. And they cause themselves to recreate this pain in order to bring attention, to feel a level of love, to then triumph through moving beyond that to have that relief, to then stop and be able to take a breath, only to go back into it. And if we can't change that habit, if that pain isn't strong enough within us to cause us to say, screw this, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I'm gonna go further because, it, and, and it's you know something to ask for everyone is, when we're choosing to get rid of pain, we're generally choosing to escape. Whereas, we need to be focused on understanding and being able to get to that particular point where we can. And um, some of what I'm saying might be, you know, understood and some of it may not, I'm not sure, but it's gonna be different for everyone. But what I'm suggesting is that the, the actual process is, is so simple. It's, it's simply about being able to listen to ourselves and follow a structure that allows us to do that so that we can then develop that for our own self. To, to, to learn basic aspects 
so we can then eventually take that scaffolding off and, and walk, you know, without the crutches, without the calipers, and just walk off into life and discover something unique and different. Mm. Yeah, something that really stuck with me, uh, Jason, on sort of uh, pain and illness and that sort of thing is Eckhart Tolle um, said, pay attention to the diagnosis, not the prognosis. And I've watched some pretty amazing, um, you know, documentaries on people who have overcome, you know, incredible illnesses, terminal illnesses, terminal, um, you know, because they paid attention to the diagnosis and then they didn't listen to the rest. Because sometimes the rest of that isn't, isn't a great outlook. It's not a good prognosis. So um, what you do beyond that diagnosis is kind of up to you. And that's what we're talking about um, is, you know, you've got to go on that journey of, of kind of uh, releasing, you know, at some point, because uh, that's, that's a big part of it. You know, getting well, you, you kind of got to release what isn't serving you anymore. Um, and so I, I really, really love that. Really love that. But that's what was sort of running yeah. Head, yeah, when you were speaking, so I think it, I was just going to say that one of the one of the most liberating things for, for many of us is, well, I would say is, is to be able to say, first of all, I don't know, and mm -hmm. and believe that, and allow that to be a place to start learning from. Mm -hmm. But for many of us, is to recognise that I don't want to get better, that I don't want to be without pain. Because the very nature of it is when I keep saying, that, well, I don't want pain, but then I'm in it again and again. Mm -hmm. The truth is there's a disconnect there between your, what you're manifesting and bringing into your life and what it is that you're suggesting. So the first stop and just say, well, wait a second, I don't want pain. I'm not sitting here wanting pain, but it continues to keep happening to me. So there is an aspect of me that wants this. Mm -hmm. So if I can first accept, well, I do want pain. I don't want it to be long-term, but I want it. So why do I want it? If I can start to discover into that particular place, I can start moving beyond it and I stop fighting against what, what's going on. And, you know, it's, um, it, it's all well and good, you know, in these types of discussions to, to get awareness. But awareness is, is simply noise if we don't action it, if we don't understand how to express that in our own life. And, and that's, you know, when we can focus upon such a, a, which I would say a structure, and energetic structures to me are an essential part of teaching because an energetic structure might be an individual that you meet. And when they are more congruent within themselves, that structure is strong and they become, they have presence. And because they're congruent with what they're saying and what they're being, they're, they're operating as a singular, a more singular entity. And you can influence something that is separated because it's looking for direction. It's looking for a way of coming together as one in itself. So we become influenced by environments. We become influenced by people. We become influenced by books and structures that are organized. Now, my understanding is that energy will seek its greatest organization. And in, in doing so, if we can recognize that within ourselves to go through a process of, well, this is to identify firstly what I want, how I'd like to see that and what that looks like, and then to be able to go about executing that it is a really important thing. It's very much like the, you know, the river itself is water and without a solid structure around a river, mm. it's just a puddle. And the thing is that that puddle and that, that river becomes strong to the degree of the structure that exists around it. 
And that the greater that structure, the more water that it can hold, the less that it floods, the more it maintains a singular direction towards its own manifestation and outcome as to where it is then moving out into the sea. And that's the same thing within our own self, that to develop that structure, many of us avoid that because we don't believe in ourselves or we've never had that opportunity to, to have that cultivated or even directed to us. And some of us have to find that through, you know, deep levels of pain. But, you know, for me in life, we, we either have self-belief and that, that's a native and inherent thing. A, a child doesn't believe it can't do things, it learns that. And what we, where we remove self-belief from our life, we take on beliefs. And that, are, that is other people's truths, other people's ideals, no matter how old or long-term these are. But we, we find that within ourselves that if we can cultivate self-belief, which generally happens in, in the taking of action, the making of mistakes, and the mistakes are just outcomes that I've decided this is not where I want to end up. It only becomes a mistake when I decide to stop. But it is just a path along the way. You know, that um, there's, there's many terms here, like there's darkest before the dawn. And we, we need to go through those practices and have people around us that support and provide an example to us that we can feed off. And, you know, that's also a part of me choosing what I want with the people around me, rather than blaming, rather than wishing it to be different, change it. You know, because it's not going to happen magically. For some of us, they seem to manifest that. And for, for us from an outside, we look and think, geez, they're so lucky they've got everything. Mm. These things don't happen by mistake. People can have a, a momentary experience of that. But to maintain that in our own life, which is such an important thing, to maintain our own capacity to find our own truth, to, to maintain a space, to maintain our own degrees of life and however we want to express it, that's when we start to get mastery, but not to just have an experience of it that we talked about once upon a time when we went to a seminar and what occurred in that practice we did. Mm. This is about, well, can I recreate it? If I can't recreate it, well, I don't understand it. But no, but I did it. But okay, well, let's do it again. Well, oh, I need all these things with me. Well, then it's not, it's a dependency. It's not a, a level of independence. How can I recognize, yes, I have that dependency. What do I need to do to break that? What are the things I'm holding on to that I'm not currently understanding so that I can allow myself the freedom to go, I don't know at the moment, without having to pro provide a front to my friends or to those around me to think that I'm a bit more intelligent than what I currently am. Yeah, yeah, that river metaphor, wow. I haven't heard anyone describe it like that before. That's really good. I love that a way of, you know, describing the structure. Um, and because I know in my life, meeting people who kind of identify with the pain, um, the, the most difficult thing I think that I've seen with them is that it becomes your identity. So it's like, if I'm going to remove this, who am I like moving forward? Because it's like every conversation, every, everything becomes about that pain. And it's like, you know, we, we do like to put things into boxes. We do like to categorize uh, and label. Um, and I know labeling is something that you're, you know, you like to sort of discuss uh, and speak about because um, once you get to that point of identifying with that, that thing, if it is pain, it is hard to break, you know, it is hard to break because then you really have to get into your stuff and go sorting through it. And you're like, do, what do I want to keep? What do I want to get rid of? You know, it's like going through your cupboard um you know that's some work that's some work and that's um you know something that a lot of people maybe don't want to get into so um i, I wondered if you wanted to sort of speak to the 
sort of the labeling, you know, that we, yeah. we tend to do in our lives. Yeah, for sure. I um, <clears throat> One of them I'd say just in regard, we're just talking about is structure and, and the idea of people moving into a place where they want to find more wholeness within themselves. Structure seems to be something they want to avoid because there's this flow idea of you know, everything coming to me and the universe is going to produce. But, you know, when we create a structure for something, like we build it before they come, like in the expectation, understanding of my own determination, I'm going to create. This is how it's going to be. Rather than waiting for the thing to come before I do it, I'm going to build the structure to allow for what I am creating, rather than hustling along the way trying to pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, and that's something that gets, as, a, as a label that gets often, you know, pushed away from that, from that point. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, with, with, with labeling and, you know, certain words or vernacular that happens in, in certain conversations to demonstrate a level of intelligence can really, you know, expose the opposite within our own selves. And, you know, to, to ask what, what, what is, what, what am I? For many of us, we get caught up in the who am I because I can easily do that in relation to, well, John's like this and, and Russ is like that and, and, and Paul's this way and Sophie and my mum and that they do things like that. So I can start to look at who I am and I can start to take pieces. And, you know, there's some, you know, in, in my eyes, some teachings that talk about modelling and, you know, incomplete teachings to me that cause you to look to others to try and create yourself. You know, it might be a little leg up at times, but it, but it's a complete confusion when we come to having to move into our own truth. So when we look to the what, we are looking at ourselves as a creator. And we are starting to take full responsibility from the starting point, that point of origin, to go, well, all right, well, what actually am I? And if I can not only be crazy enough to ask a question like that, but then stop for long enough to listen, to understand it, to then get to a point where I can action it. But not only that, to then go about completing that, I'm going to be considered crazy. I'm going to be probably at some times in some, you know, phases and generations of life be considered insane you know and that's that's the that's the 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 thing now to embrace within ourselves our own weirdness our own difference so that we don't get caught up in these you know popularized ideas of racism and separation rather than understanding that we all have our own challenges we all not because we had a more tumultuous upbringing are we needing more sadness brought towards us and you see there's a lot of people are starting to empower themselves beyond the idea of it must be so hard for you or how did you survive in that way or it's difficult for those people what are those people those people are themselves in the same way that you are you we all have our own challenges and they are significant and they're going to be found to be more significant by the more we see in ourselves the more we want to bring forward i can we're going to rustle up some of the deep, dark, sinister nature of what we have led ourselves to believe through other people's teachings. So, you know, it, it seems, you know, kind of uh, audacious at times to even consider that, who am I to even consider an artist? So for me, I look at, you know, the who and the what, and the who is who I am for everyone else. And the what is what I understand of myself. And it doesn't allow for a definition of a, of a higher self or a soul or a spirit. And, you know, these words, they, they lend colour to, to certain conversations. But when we start to work on ourselves, they become a bit of an interruption. And, 
yes, we can relate to them and we can form our own relationship with them, but it's about, I mean, we look at labels like anxiety. I have anxiety and, you know, this is a problem. I mean, I have a challenge moving into a space that I've never been in before. And if I don't get past that, that anxiety, as it's labeled, is gonna get worse and worse. So if I have anxiety, it's okay, because then I don't need to move forward and I can be medicated and I can be um, boxed in a particular way. And I'm not suggesting that no one goes through pain in, in these ideas of anxiety. We, everyone does. I mean, I've been through all that myself and, and I continue to keep confronting it, but I don't allow it to be something that drags me down. I recognize, you know, there's times I'm curled, curled up in a fetal position and I just can't, move forward because of the thing I'm looking to bring into my life, it confronts the very fabric of who I am. Mm -hmm. And I can't even express that to someone because it's something I have to find within me. And that's why, you know, learning specific tools that work all the time, allow you to confront those things. I mean, if, if we were just to consider that anxiety in its own perfect, if this was a possibility, in its own perfect design, that anxiety was just the energy that we received in the process of moving into a place that we had not been. So when I go into a place I haven't been, I'm going to need more support. I'm going to need more energy and able to give me greater resources to move into this place. I want some people with me. Then mm. what we feel is this upwelling of energy that comes to us and it's there presenting to us so that we can move through this. But we deny it and say that there's something wrong with that. And that keeps us in a place where we don't move forward. Now, I, I don't believe any level of anxiety needs to be maintained in anyone, but misunderstanding is continually maintained. And we get drowned in all of this inflammation and opinion of, from, you know, there's no one doctor is right. No one doctor is wrong. They all have opinions and there's, you know, I'm not sure how many, hundreds of thousands, millions of doctors or scientists around the world, and everyone has an opinion. And they are schooled and they are educated in their own way. And neither of them is right, but that's what we've fallen into is allowing that to be the be all and end all rather than going, well, that's an interesting idea. What is true for me? And from that, without needing to go out and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, I'm right, I've found this answer. It's about your own discovering, getting past the labels of who you are as, as even a human being. What, what does that even mean? Like it's, you know, that there might be an idea of the physical and the, and the being is the energetic. From, and it's a coming together of that. So we, we can, I think a big part of this is a, is a diet that we take at some point in our life where we realize we want to change and we want to move forward, that we stop taking on and reading and ingesting information for the sake of ingesting information without the intention to action it in an accountable way to move through Look, and it's a complete challenge and confrontation of life to change. And that's, that's the very nature of, you know, I know when we do teaching, it's, it's very much, there'll be times where we'll be, you know, you're going to be confronted and it will make you accountable. We're not, it's not our responsibility to teach. It's your responsibility to engage and move forward. We're not here to prod you with, and move forward. We're here to provide you with an opportunity to do that. And when we take responsibility for it, we, we surprise ourselves in very significant ways, which is why we talk of this amazing thing that happened in the moment of my own attention. And that's, um, you know, I speak a little bit about, but that I believe attention is, you know, it's the currency of life. It's every single thing exists for the, for the need and want and requirement of attention. Any, 
anything of this great strength that exists that we can see if it's not given attention. Even a, a naturally occurring phenomenon is not given attention, it will subside. Mm. You know, it's we, we in our own selves, our children, our you know, organizations, they all exist by the gifting of our attention. And too often that attention is given without a choice being made within us, but a requirement being taken from us. Mm. That's a great perspective, what you say about. Um anxiety um in particular there um and it's almost like kind of just looking at i guess what you were saying is almost befriending it um and looking at you know why we have it you know there's a reason there's a reason we feel all these different things at different part, uh, points in our life um and i really like that because it's looking a little bit uh below the label um looking a little bit further under that and, and sort of saying well why do i have this why do you know, why do I have this particular emotion? Um, and can I sort of use that, um, you know, to my benefit? Um, and then also a lot of it's about, you know, letting it go when we don't, um, when it doesn't serve us anymore instead of holding on to it. So, yeah, I think that's really, really powerful, really powerful. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah. I think it's, I believe all of those things are there and we all in our own quiet moments, we can accept that and believe that. But it, it comes down to the fact of I, if we understood how to do that communication, because it's what we are, we do that always. But we, you know, we feel things in other people, we, we become affected by an environment and we sense certain things. Mm. But we don't develop that. And when those things are coming to us and we don't know how to interpret them, we deny them and we'll push them away. But it's like, we used to work a lot with kids in, you know, uh, schooling and you would see a child that would be, you know, early teens and they were struggling with something as so definitive as maths. And, you know, at a basic level of maths, they'd be, you know, I don't like it, I hate it. And they would do anything and emotions would come up and there'd be all different varying degrees of avoidance. And we used to have this computer program and we'd share with them you know, how to do algebra. And they'd look at it and cringe and they would want nothing to do with it. Yeah. And then you'd actually take, and it'd be no more than three minutes and they would learn it. And straight away, this enthusiasm came through them to, oh, did I do that? The parent, like they can't believe that they can actually get this thing right and how simple it is. And then they actually, the first thing they say, can we do another one? Can we do another one? And this is the demonstrations of life, like that when we see those types of things, that we as individuals, well, hey, that worked. And, it, and when I learn something and I understand it, I want to do more. So if I can understand things that are more profound in my life, well, then I want to do more of that. If I'm getting caught up and stuck in these particular aspects of my life, it's not because they're challenging, it's because I don't understand them. And if I have then worked out, let's stop talking theories, but how would I do it? Mm -hmm. Until such time that I knew then, well, give me more problems, give me more things, because this is just fuel for me to actually find self-belief, find understanding and grow further from where I am. It's, um, yeah, we see it, we see it all, all the time in, yes. in our own lives where we're um, confronted, you know, but by all of these things that we keep denying ourselves of and at times find others that have the same experience so we can justify that. But we change our environment 
You know, we, we, we go and play in a, in a different league and we start to see things in ourselves that we didn't believe were present before. And um, yeah, that's, um, I think something that's really important for all of us to, to, to really start to look at, you know, the things that actually work consistently in our life and how we do more of those. And also how we can become graceful in letting go, not clumsy, but we might be at first in in letting go of someone or something, but getting to a point where I can become graceful, where where I can become considerate, where I can become clear in my communication rather than continually misunderstood. It's all about awareness. It's all about awareness. Um, and I guess around, um, you know, our growth and things like that, there's something called the, uh, the quantum you collective. So we spoke about at the top of the show, uh, the quantum movement, uh, but the quantum you collective, um, that's something, that's something sort of news. That's something that you sort of, um, yeah, I'll get you to speak a little bit more about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my, my, a bit of my history is that I've been, you know, developed these, programs that came from from you know internally and they evolved and developed in it over a couple of years and they're the same as what they have been for the last eight or nine years but that work's been done a lot in a private space um one-on-one and to to particular groups and you know it's been developed over a number of years with, with lots of different people but what we're um in the process of doing is exposing more of what we what we offer and present and the Quantum U Collective is an opportunity for people to come in, in into a, a collective or a membership, if you like, to start to understand the very nature of what the things are that we're talking about here, to take it beyond the discussion and into a, a place of actioning where we can, with a, a couple of our mentors, you know, support people into that space, to, to speak deeper into it. I mean, we have a, our own open Facebook page, which has a little bit about what we do. But this is a place where people can go in and start to really discover, start to really look and start to expose themselves in, in a confidential space with the support of some processes that we, that we share. And, you know, we're doing also a, a, a live every Thursday at the moment um, that is just to expose a, a little bit of a different thing that people can do from, from getting insights, Uh, from getting processes they can take away into their own life to start to look at deeper parts, to start to become, as I was saying, more graceful in the letting go. Um, And a community that allows them to to bring accountability to themselves. Mm -hmm. A a big part for me within this is is about people starting to practice pure expression and and to be able to start to communicate without thinking about how it's going to be received but to allow yourself not just to be able to do that, but to be able to learn to hold space and listen to what someone else has to say without being overcome by our own reactive emotions. So the Quantum Year Collective is a bit of an entry place into, um, into what it is that, that we do. Um, and then from there, people are exposed further to the programs that, that we offer um, beyond that. But it's, um, yeah, it's a way of, I suppose, engaging a group of people that, that want to speak into that space that want to find their own level of personal governance they want to maybe have you know experienced or even not experienced different experience different uh, teachings or, or that in their life and they feel they've got to a point that you know they're they're perpetually looking for other things what what we're looking at here is it's about learning how to do your life in such a way when you've got all the capacities that you need you can start to determine you can start to look at that without needing to be subscribed into a form of learning. 
So this is, it's just an introductory space. It's a, it's a membership type environment, but we're launching that in about a week's time um, in uh, at the end of June, um, where people will be able to get access to that and see what it is that we're all about. So hopefully that explains. Yeah, I love the accountability because I think um, some of the, the best ways to what it, whatever it is you're trying to do, if it's lose weight, um, you know, especially, um, or give up drinking, whatever it is, it's like being accountable um, and having, whether it's, you know, personally, like having someone on the side that you can sort of say, look, I'm going to talk to you about this. And if I drink, I'm going to tell you, you know, it's all about being accountable. And, and that's sort of what I took out of what you were talking about then is a bit about vulnerability, um, you know, being in a safe environment, being able to sort of talk uh, within certain protocols, but also to be a bit accountable. You know, I think, I think that's really important when you're trying to facilitate change within your own life. So that's yeah. what I yeah, sort of took out of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's really, and in that part, the independence and freedom to be able to explore that, like you're saying, with the drinking or with the weight or, you know, a relationship. It's all the same thing and it's our own individual common experience that we might have those things that we focus on as a, the challenge in our life. But it's recognizing to get back to it's the same thing it's just a different experience within each of us and if we can come back to the simplicity of how to move past that um this just is a space that allows people to to explore that and we have some extremely capable people to be able to facilitate that and take them into um some controlled deeper spaces of, of their own reflection and and an opportunity to ask questions and, and some specific topics in podcasts that we go into that are are driven a lot by that by that group um once we form that to to look at what it is that they're they're wanting to overcome whether it's independence in their own life and claiming that themselves as a as an independent being that's you know there's many aspects to it but yeah it all starts to expose that as we move forward further forward yeah so the best way to find out about that because that's something that's new and is coming um is to just stay across uh the quantum movement uh page um on facebook um and that's really exciting so we can't wait for that is there anything else you want to highlight that's sort of coming up that you want to let our viewers know about um yeah i mean look as i said we, we've worked in a private space for, for such a long time and by sort of application or referral only so we're, we're getting a little bit of stuff online now and starting to expose it in a more public forum um we do do a lot of work with um high profile coaches and entrepreneurs in that particular way so what we're looking to expose is you know for each of us we want a level of freedom within our own selves and for some people that is just about you know a, an environment of a family and being able for that to be rewarding and prosperous for us for others we, we've got an idea that that's, that's bigger than us that we want to you know expose or for some of us we just want to be able to learn to communicate in a way that that's authentic so there's very very many different levels of i suppose what we share and teach and um you know we've taken a long journey now you know to over the last 15 20 years to get to this particular point where we're teaching what we believe continually works and that's why we're, we're looking to expose it so i'm not sure exactly how it all unfolds and but yeah the facebook page a, a coming website and uh further you know exposure in other ways will be there but um, by all means, contact us through the Facebook page at this stage and we'll assist however we can. Jason Reynolds, what an honour. Quantum movement. Um, it's just been wonderful to speak to you. 
um, what you say is truth. You know, I've got the, the discernment, you know, I love to, to use that. Um, and you're authentic and genuine. And I'm just really appreciative of everything that you've shared. Um, it's simple, you know, it's just a matter of kind of having that courage um, and finding that, you know, uh, uh, you know, really stepping into that space um, and, you know, being okay with that, being vulnerable, um, kicking the ego out the door because <laughs> too often that sort of talks us out of uh, doing things or we allow that to talk us out of doing things. So um, I just think it's fantastic. And, um, you know, we've got Quantum U Collective coming as well, which is awesome. So um, thank you. Thank you. Um, we really appreciate you at Spiritual Events Directory. Um, and to the viewers, um, I just wanted to say if anyone wants information on uh, any advertising opportunities with Spiritual Events Directory, um, we provide, uh, including to advertise, or if you want to contribute as well to uh, Rebirth Magazine, um, which is another thing that I work a little bit with, you can email us at rebirth at spiritualeventsdirectory.com um, or you can message a page as well. So Spiritual Events Directory on Facebook. Jason, thank you. And um, yeah, best of luck with the Quantum New Collective. Thank you very much, Michelle. And thank you so much for having me. And um, really enjoyed it. Love it. Thank you so much.